Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To Partnerships Continued. We're going to be talking about the partner sales, in this case the sale of a partnership interest, something that would of course differ within a partnership than it would within a sole proprietor or a corporation. We will be able to, at the end of this, describe the process for selling a partnership interest under different types of scenarios, create the journal entries to record the sale of the partnership interest, define the effect of the journal entry to sell partnership interest on the trial balances, and explain the effect of the capital counts of selling the partnership interest. Now, selling the partnership interest will, of course, be different than if we are in a sole proprietor where we only have the one owner, and when we're in a corporation where all the shares are basically the same. Within a partnership, of course, we can have differences in the capital balances. This can be a bit tricky within the partnership as well because... It could be that we can have the sale in a couple different ways. For example, the partner could sell their partnership interest to a third party, bringing in another partner. So that would be kind of like the transaction between the partner of the partnership interest. Say there's three people in the partnership, one partner selling their interest to someone outside the partnership could be one way that that happens. And if that's the case, then the money is actually going to the partner not to the partnership. So we'll look at that scenario. And then there's the scenario where the partnership buys out the partner. So the partner, one partner of the three possibly could sell their partnership interest to the partnership, in which case the person, the entity in this case, getting the money is the partnership. So those are the two kind of things we want to keep separate and distinct as we go through this. There's also going to be some differences in terms of valuation. We have to think about the value of the business, the value of the capital account, when we make these sales on how much the, the sales are going to be and the allocation to the capital accounts. So this is a really good example of knowing the capital accounts. So even, even though these types of transactions don't happen all the time, I mean, partners aren't going to be going in and out of the organization a lot. These ideas with the partnership agreement are really good to know because they really help with understanding what the capital account is in all types of entities. What it really is is going to be kind of the value of the company and how that allocation is going to be affected in these types of situations. So we'll start off with a scenario with three partners. So we're going to have a very simple trial balance. We're going to record this transaction within these trial balance. We're going to have this trial balance. It's just going to be, we're imagining the big red T again. We've got the assets. We're only going to have cash. It's just the only assets just to make it simple. Green asset on the left-hand side, debit balance. Then we got the liabilities. On the trial balance, so after assets, we have liabilities, only liability being, in this case, accounts payable. We're imagining it yellow, right-hand side, because it's a credit. Then, of course, we have those capital accounts, these being the things that are going to be different on a partnership than a sole proprietor, because there's more than one partner, and that's the definition of a partnership. We need two or more partners. So we're going to say there's three capital accounts here for partner M, partner B, and partner L, they are going to be bright blue or imagine them to be bright blue on the T account. They're going to be on the right hand side because they are going to be credit balances. And we're going to imagine that that's where we stand at this point, kind of like a post closing trial balance. We're not going to have any revenue and any expenses because they have been basically closed out at this point to the capital accounts so that we are ready at this point to allocate this transaction, the transaction being a sale of the capital interest. If there was an income statement in there, then in terms of the trial balance, that income statement isn't included in the capital accounts. So that, that means that the capital accounts are not at their end value. They're not at kind of the book value. Remember, the accounting equation is assets equal liabilities plus owner's equity. 
or assets minus liabilities equals equity or the capital accounts. So as long as the income statement is closed out to the capital accounts, those accounts represent the book value of the company. And on a book basis, not necessarily on a fair market value basis, and we'll have to discuss that as we go through this, but now we can use those capital accounts to analyze our problem here. So we're going to say that partner B, one of the three partners, sells the partnership interest to a new partner N, and the partners accept that agreement. So what's happening here, we got three partners, M, B, and L. B wants to leave. He's going to say, okay, I got to go somewhere else. I need to sell my interest. And they, he wants to sell, he or she wants to sell the interest to a new partner, partner N, partner N being outside, not one of the three partners, of course. And if that was the case, then the other two partners generally do have to agree to that agreement. It's not like B can say, okay, I'm just going to sell my partnership interest and new other two partners have to then take in the new partner. If, if they were going to take in the new partners, the other two generally have to agree to that. But if they do agree to this terms, note what is happening. B, the partner of the, of the of this partnership, selling to a new person outside the partnership, the new person in giving the money not to the partnership, but to B, the partner that is leaving. So if we think about the transaction, if we think of our first question, is cash effects in terms of the partnership? No, the, the money is going to B in this case. All that we're going to do is allocate the, the partnership interest from B, the capital account, to the new partner N in this case. What would the journal entry look like for the partnership? For, so for the partnership, I would go through the same series of questions we'll do with all types of journal entries. First, is cash affected? And the answer to this one, although cash did trade hands, not to the partnership, remember. So in this case, when we do the journal entry for the partnership, no cash is not affected. So what is happening here? Well, if we look at our trial balance, we'll see that we can look at B's capital account. We see that B has a capital account of 124,200 in this example. So if we just look at the trial balance, I say, hmm, there's a capital account balance in B. It has a credit balance in it. B is leaving. <laughs> so we're going to have to make that capital account go down to zero in one way or the other in order to rep represent the fact that B is leaving. Therefore, the capital account has a credit balance. We're going to do the opposite thing to it in order to make it go down. So our adjustment for B's leaving would need to include a debit of 124200 the amount that happens to be in B's capital account, bringing it down to zero. Then what's the credit going to go to? The credit's going to go to the new owner, the new, the new owner being N. So we're going to have to create a new capital account, that capital account being for N. And we're going to say new capital account started at zero. We're going to credit it increasing the capital account by the amount that we took B off the books for, the 124200 Now, before we post this, you might be thinking, well, why is that the case? Why is it the fact that B's capital account represents 124200 when B sold that amount, that his partnership interest, his or her partnership interest, sold for 120000 So it was sold for 120 The capital percent interest for B was 124200 Why the difference there? Because remember that the capital account balances should represent the approximate value of the company in terms of the book value. But it's not always perfect, and, and that's because there could be some things, for example, in terms of the assets and the liabilities that aren't fully valued in market value. They might be still on at cost. For example, like equipment may be valued somewhat differently than it's on the books for, because remember, we estimate to a value that. And we could reallocate the values of the equipment and whatnot, and there still could be some issues 
those issues might be related to intangible assets, things like goodwill or something like that. So that's the case where it's kind of like you can think of it as similar to when we're thinking about selling a piece of equipment. We're selling it at the whatever the market value is. It's on our books at the book value, which is, was the assets value less the accumulated depreciation. So that is the value that we have it recorded as, but not necessarily market value. Same is going to be true for the partnership as a whole. B's interest in the partnership is being represented as 124200 However, that's kind of the book value, not necessarily the market value. Very rare that we're actually going to sell for the exact same value that is on the books. In this case, it was sold for less. Could be multiple reasons for that. Again, the value could be different or... It could be that uh, maybe B had a rush to sell, so is ready to sell it for less than possibly the value that it was worth. But for whatever reason, that negotiation takes place on the market, and whatever the negotiated value will be, that's what it will be. In terms of recording the journal entry, then, if we debit B's capital account, B had a credit capital account of 124200 If we debit it by the 124200 B's capital account goes down to zero. And then we put in a new account for N's capital account, which of course started at zero before this transaction. We credited N's capital account 124,200, bringing N's capital account balance up to 124,200. In essence, just replacing B's balance with N's balance. So that's kind of the most simplistic scenario, but it can be confusing just because of the fact that although cash is being trading hands, the cash isn't going to the partnership, and that could be a bit confusing to think through. Next scenario will be that B sells the partnership interest, but this time instead of finding a new partner to replace B, B just sells it to the partnership. So now we had three partners before, M, B, and L, and now we're saying that B is still leaving, but after B leaves, they're just going to be the partnership's going to be left with M and L, just two partners rather than three partners. Therefore, the payment is going to go from B, one of the partners, to the actual partnership. So that's going to be the transaction. We're going to say first we're going to sell it for 200000 and then we'll look at varying the price after this for uh, just to see what would happen if we varied the price. So we're going to say that the partnership then is going to pay B for B's going to leave. So B needs to leave. B says, hey, I need to leave. And so therefore I need to sell my partnership interest because I can't be involved in this anymore. And therefore we need to work out a, partner, a payment to pay B from the partnership to B in order to go from three partners down to two partners. So this scenario, we can go through our questions again. We have the same trial balance we had last time. We've got the cash on the books. We've got the accounts payable on the books. And we've got the three partners, MB and L, with their capital account balances. No income or expense accounts at this time. It's a post-closing trial balance just looking at the balance sheet accounts because the income statement accounts need to be closed out in order to get a valuation of the company. Assets minus liabilities equaling those three capital accounts being the value of that company. Now, in this particular scenario, we can now look at our first question, is cash affected for the partnership? Answer, yes, the cash is affected. Cash is going to go down because the partnership is going to pay B in order to retrieve the partnership interest from B. So we're saying that cash transaction is going to be for the 200000 Now, I would construct the journal entry just like we would another journal entry. It's going to be a bit more complex and first think about cash and then fill in the pieces to the journal entry, whatever is missing, in order to work through what this transaction would look like. So we know cash is leaving. We can think of that out. Cash is a debit balance. We're going to do the opposite thing to it, which in this case is a 200000 credit. So when we build our journal entry, I can say, well, we know cash is going to be credited. 
That's the first thing I'm going to put in. That's the first thing we're going to think about. What's the second thing we know about this transaction? That is that B's leaving. B's leaving, and B has a capital account. If I look at B's capital account, it's per and I just take a look at the trial balance just to see what B's capital account is. It's got to go to zero, and currently it's at 124,200 credit. So as a credit of 124,200 in B's capital account, B will no longer be here after this transaction. Therefore, that needs to go down to zero. We're going to do the opposite thing to it as what it is in order to do that. It's a credit. Therefore, we're going to debit it by the 124,200. So those are the two pieces we know we can basically first start to build. Now, we see that we had a 200,000 cash payment. The capital account, again, in this case, is only 124,200. So the partnership is paying out B more than what the capital account is worth. And again, there could be multiple reasons for this, but it's almost never going to be the case where they're going to pay out the exact capital account. So uh, in this case, we're paying out more. So what's going to be the difference? We can't record that because the debits don't equal the credits. In this case, we're going to have to have uh, a debit of some kind or a couple debits in this case in order to shore up this account for the debits to equal the credits. And what that is going to end up doing is that the other partners are going to kind of have to reduce or eat that loss because they paid out more cash than B's capital account is worth. Therefore, the other two partners, the amount owed to them, is going to have to be reduced by that excess that they paid over the capital account count balance to B. Question is, how are you going to figure that? How are we going to figure that out? And we'll have to look at how they allocated their income and how are we going to figure out the new allocation. So in this case, in our scenario, we're going to say that the allocation was, and I'm going to say it this way, it was 3 colon 2 colon 5 between M, B, and L. And the reason we're going to say it that way is that you can kind of figure out the ratio that way. So, for example, if it was if it was broken out one third each between the three partners, we could say it's one third each. But sometimes the ratio, sometimes it's better to use a ratio because they're more exact if we're not talking about numbers that aren't even. So if it's a 50-50 percent between two partners, that's not a problem. But the one third is going to be more difficult to, to say as a percent. It's easier to say as a ratio. So, for example, for in this case, we have uh, 3, 2, and 5, that adds up to 10. So we can say the first partner, partner M, is going to have 3 over 10, or 30%. The second partner is going to have 2 over 10, or 20%. Third partner, 5 over 10, or 50%. So M, B, L, respectively, 30%, 20%, 50% before this transaction. You need to know that because if you look at book problems, they might lay it out that way. They might not tell you the percentage. They might say something like 3 colon 2 colon 5. And to do that, you just add them up. You just add them up and then take each individual's 3, 2, and 5 divided by the total, in this case being 10, and you will come up with the percentage. Now, if it's not even, then the, that's the ratio is what you kind of want to use. That's going to be the most precise allocation rather than the percentage because it won't be even. So the question now is what's going to be the percent allocation between M and L, the two remaining partners, after B leaves? M, before this transaction, had 30%, L had 50%, and B had 20%, giving the 100%. So one way we can think about this, one way we can try to do this allocation, we could say, all right, what's going to be left when B is gone? B's 20% is now gone. So now we have M at 30, and we have uh, L at 50, that adds up to 
So what if we just take, we can take the M's 30% divided by 80% in order to come up with the new percentage. So now it's the uh, three, 3 colon 2 ratio adds up to 8. So we would say the 3 over the 8 would give us the new percent. 3 divided by 8 giving us the new percent of 37.5% in this case. And then for L's capital count, if we take the 5 or 50% or divided by uh, the 8 or uh, the 80%, we would come up to the new percentage allocation of 62.5%. So now we're going to say M has 37.5%, L has 62.5%, that is going to now add up to the new 100%. So that's one way that we can reasonably allocate the new allocation after one of the partners has left. We can use this new allocation now to figure out what the plug needs to be and how we're going to allocate it between the two partners. So remember that we had before we credited cash 200,000, we debited B's capital account 124,200, leaving us with 75,800. That's the plug. We need another debit in order to plug that up so that we have the debits equaling the credits. That's going to reduce somebody's capital accounts. It's going to reduce M and L's capital account. Only question is, how much is it going to reduce it by? Now we will use these percentages in order to figure that out. So 75,800 times M's new capital account, 37.5%, changed from 30 to 37.5 after we removed partner B, means that we're going to have the 28,425 that M's going to have to eat. They're going to have to lower the capital account, lower the value to them of the 28,425. L is going to have the amount of 75,800, the difference the plug times the 62.5%, the new allocation to L from the original 50 after B leaving, meaning that they're going to have to eat or reduce their capital account by 47,375. So M's 28,425 plus B's 47,375 equals the plug that we're going to have to reduce it by. So if we go to, if we think about our total journal entry, remember we debited B's account, capital account to bring it down to zero. We credited cash in order to bring it, uh, to record the cash payment. And then we have the difference being a debit to M's capital account now being the 28,425 and a debit to L's capital account now being 47,375. Now note that how I constructed this, I built what I knew. I didn't necessarily put the debits on top and the credits on the bottom because I'm thinking through it in such a way that it helps us to build it. So that's how I want to uh, think through it. If we look at our capital accounts now, we started with, and I'm going to look at that as a table and then we'll record the journal entry. M started with 151,200. M's going to have to reduce the capital count by 28,425, bringing the capital count down to 122,775. L started with a capital count of 264,600, going to have to reduce the capital count by 47,375, bringing the capital count down to 217,225. And of course, B, its capital account was at 124,200, is no longer going to have the capital count. It's going to go down to zero. Let's record this transaction, see if that's the case, see if that's what actually happens. So if we think about the re recording of this transaction, cash got credited. So we know that cash has a debit balance. We're going to credit it, making cash go down for the partnership. Remember, the partner is the one paying for the capital count of the partner B who is leaving. 
Then we know that B's capital account had 124,200 in it. We know that we credited that capital account. I mean, we debited that capital account to make it go down because it has a credit balance by the 124,200, bringing it to zero. So those went down. And then if we look at M's capital account, happened to have uh, 151,200 in it as a credit. We debited it because they had to eat the difference of 28,425, bringing the balance down to 122. 775 and l had a capital account credit balance of 264 600 he had to, uh, l had to have a debit of 47 375 bring the balance down to 217 225 so after this transaction we would only be left with the partners m and l and b is now gone and again there's no income statement accounts as of this time because we recorded this as of the time that we closed out the income statement to the capital accounts to have all the value within those capital accounts. Next scenario is going to be the same type of transaction where B is leaving, but now instead of having two hundred thousand, let's imagine that uh, B is going to be paid out for only the fifty thousand rather than the two hundred. So you'll remember that B's capital account was on the books at one twenty-four two hundred, and that would be the value of the company if it was on a on a book value that if if the book value equaled the fair market value it would be 124 200 and you would think that the transaction would be the company would pay b out for 124,200 however that remember that the value on a market basis may not be the book value so in this case the market what they agreed on for whatever reasons whatever they decided to agree on was that b would sell the, their value in the company on a book value currently being the capital account balance of 124,200 for only the 50,000. And again, there could be multiple reasons for this. Maybe the valuation of some of the assets are different. There could be uh, different values within the goodwill and whatnot that might cause this difference. But there's some type of value that is not uh, being thought of to be represented in some way for whatever reason. And therefore, the market, the negotiated value in this case being different then the capital account value is going to happen most of the time. Same kind of thought process if this happens through our transaction. We're going to say cash. Is cash affected for the partnership? Yes, the partner's paying cash to the partner. So for the partnership, cash is going down. Cash has a debit balance. We're going to make it go down by doing the opposite thing to it. So we're crediting cash. It's going up for the partner, B, who's leaving. It's going down for the partnership. That's what we're recording the journal entry for. And then the other side, we know that B, once again, is leaving. So that's still the same. B has a capital account balance of 124200 It needs to go down because B will no longer be with the partnership after B leaves. Therefore, it has a credit balance of 124200 We're going to do the opposite thing to it, which in this case, debit 124200 So now we have a debit in our journal entries of 124200 for the B's capital account, a credit of 50000 for the cash that went out, the debits are greater than the credits. We now need a credit to plug, unlike last time where we needed a debit to plug. Why? Because we paid less cash than the book value represents the capital count for B to B. Therefore, the, what are we going to plug it with? Of course, the other partners, the two other partners, M and L. Now they're going to get a bonus. They're gonna, I mean, they're going to increase their capital account because we're going to have to credit their capital account they sold it to, to B for less than the value that it was showing. Therefore, they're going to get a bump up on their capital account balances from this type of transaction. So if we think about this, we'll have the same kind of thought process we had before. 
Remember the breakout was 3, 2, 5, adding up to 10, 3 over 5 being 30% to L to M, 2 over 5 being 20% to B, and then 5 over 10 being 50% to L breakout before we have the allocation. Then once B leaves, we have to think, okay, what are we going to do in terms of the new percentages so that we can figure out how the allocation is going to be? And we could say that it was 3, 2, 5 before. Now it's only 3 and 5. So 3 and 5 uh, is going to be the, the 8. So if we take 3 over the new total of 8, we get 37.5% for M. If we take 5 over the new total of 8, we get 62.5%. So the new percent breakout based on this type of logic would be from B's 30% to B's 37.5 after, I'm sorry, from M's 30% to M's 37.5 after B leaves, from B's 20% to 0, because B is leaving, and from L's 50% to L's new 62.5% after B leaves. So the 37.5 plus the 62.5 between M and L being equal to the new total, of course, of 100% allocation. So that's going to be our allocation that we're going to use in order to allocate the difference. That difference being, remember our journal entry, we took B off the books. B had 124,200 in their capital account. But uh, we only paid 50,000 cash. So 124,200 minus the 50,000 means we have a difference in our journal entry of 74,200. That's what we need to allocate with these new percentages, 37.5, 62.5, M, and L, respectively. Therefore, 74,200 74, times M's new percent, 37.5, brings the, that balance to 27,825 that will be allocated to M of that plug number that we need to increase the capital count by. L, we're going to take the 74,200 times 62.5 means that L is going to be allocated 46,375 of the 74,200 plug that we need to make our journal entry correct or in balance. So if we then look at the journal entry then, we're going to say that we started off, remember we had B's capital account debited to 124,200, then we credited cash 50,000, now we're going to credit M's capital account by the 27,825 we calculated and we're going to credit L's capital account by 46,375 that we calculated, thereby making the debits equal the credits. And if we do this, then if we look at our worksheet, what are going to be the new capital account balances after we record this? And then we'll look at it and see if that's the case. Uh, M started with 151,200. We're going to increase M's capital account after B leaves of 27,825, bringing the new capital account to 179,25. B's capital account was 124,200. It's going to be gone after this. L's capital account was 264,600. We're going to increase L's capital account by 46,375 to uh, 3,10,975. That should be the new allocation. And once we record the, the journal entry, let's see if that's the case. If we record this entry, remember uh, we credited cash. So cash has a debit balance, we're going to make it go down, so cash is going to go down by the 50,000. Then we know that B went off the books. So B had 124,200, and it's a credit balance. We did the opposite thing to it, take them off the books. We credited it, bringing that account down to zero. And then M 
had a balance of 151200 credit balance we credited their account by 27825 increasing the capital account balance because we did the same thing to it to 17925 and then l had a balance of 264600 we credited doing the same thing to it 46375 increasing that balance to 310975 so now we have the same kind of outcome last time where B is off the books and now we are only left with the capital accounts for M and L. But now of course M and L's capital accounts are higher based after the B left rather than the last scenario where they were lower because of course the payout being different last time the payout being 200,000 being greater than B's capital account balance this time the payout being 50,000 being less than B's capital account balance.